Roma. This is episode uh, 14. I am one of your hosts, Willa Rowe. And I'm your other host, Robin B. And we are shadow dropping this episode, <laughs> just like um, Hi-Fi Rush, now on Xbox Game Pass, just like Girl Mode coming to Game Pass. It's, it's true. We've been acquired. <laughs> that was your. That was the end of your sentence, just we've been acquired. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, was going to say something funny, and then I couldn't think of anything funny, so I had stopped there. Okay, well... Good. I'm glad you fumbled it this time instead of me. Um, it's good to take turns. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is the hot new thing in video games, shadow dropping on Game Pass. Have you been playing it? Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of it. I've probably played like two hours of it now, mm-hmm. which is basically like the first two levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not very long, um, but I, I put some I like the day that it came out, I, I put some time into it and was like very hyped on it. Uh, and then I, like played a little bit a few days later. I haven't really kept up with it. Uh, but how about you? Have you gotten to spend any time with with Chai? <laughs> with Chai. Oh, God. What an interesting uh, name, I guess. Uh, for yeah. this, uh, you know, little twink. <laughs> I saw a great tweet from somebody that I um, mutuals with, and it was just a picture of Chai and then um, the main character of Trigun Stampede, who also has like a robot arm or something. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, wow, 2023 is really the year of T-Boy swag. Yeah. A big, a big fan. Uh, but yeah, so I downloaded Hi-Fi Rush. I'm going to say we've been playing it, and by that I mean Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she has gotten into this game she's been really digging it um so i've been playing it a little bit alongside her uh we're probably a little further into it than you i think but yeah it's been really really fun i it feels like the type of game that i haven't seen in a while and the way that i the way that i was thinking about this game is I, it's like it's the most playstation 2 game i've seen in a really long time and i and i say that with like as the highest compliment yeah absolutely yeah you you said that to me the other day and i was like yes that's the there is no better encapsulation of this than that where it is just like a weird premise it is not like tied to anything it is not like a uh you know big open world action game which like all games are legally required to be these days like it's it's just a very idiosyncratic little like characterful game that that absolutely is PS2 vibes all the way. Yeah, and it's just I like I was thinking a lot about Sly Cooper, hmm. which like I was a big fan of um, as a kid playing my PlayStation Two, and it's just the same idea of like it's very cartoony. Like yeah. talking about, I mean, we we're just talking about this with Fire Emblem Engage, but it's like the Saturday morning cartoon feel. <laughs> right. This is the same, but not in, in as derogatory a way as Fire Emblem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is this is like a good Saturday morning cartoon. The art style is like really really cool and fun, and there's like little comicy strip bits in the platforming slash like hack and slash combat, and just like it's a it's not open world. Everything's just kind of like singular you just go through the levels but it's really fun because the combat is fun um been enjoying it a lot uh the thing that like immediately jumped out to me and like obviously so for those who don't know like hi-fi rush is this new game from uh tango gameworks who made the evil within (laughs) and ghostwire tokyo right which tells you nothing about this game yeah it's like they could not be more different um but this is like a cartoony um hack and slash rhythm game where all the all the combat you have to you're supposed to do it like to the beat of the music and the thing that i was like 
blown away by as soon as you start is how the beat is like incorporated throughout the world design. Yeah, yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting element of it where uh, so every like throughout as you play through the level, there's like always music playing and the, basically everything you do, you can sync up to the beat of the music for a bonus. So uh, if you dodge to the beat, you get additional dodges in a row. If you dodge to or if you, um, you know, attack to the beat, it builds up this combo meter. Like basically, like you just want to time every single one of your actions to the beat of the music. And if you're not good at like discerning it just through the song, it does have all these really clever ways of showing you like your health meter kind of pulses in the, in the beat of it. Uh, but like more impressively, even the environments do. So if there's like steam vents on the ground, they will push up little puffs of steam on like, you know, the fourth beat, or if there are like lights on the walls, they will flash in rhythm with the music. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's just a really clever way of making sure that even if you are not good at kind of discerning the beat on your own, it can give you these little hints without needing to show you like, you know, a bar with, intersecting lines which is like kind of like the universal language of rhythm games mm -hmm. uh, even though there is an option to turn one of those things on as like kind of an assist mode uh but yeah there, it, it gives you lots of clever ways to like to sync up your actions just visually if, if, if that's more your your speed yeah and i think so the thing that like a lot of people are obviously talking about with hi-fi rush is how it's basically just become like an overnight success like mm -hmm. quite literally because yeah. <laughs> it was announced at the developer direct in this like kind of hilarious little like video of the creators where they were like oh by the way um you're going to be able to play the game tonight on game pass and we don't mean like a demo it's the whole game and they were like unless this leaks already <laughs> which i thought was funny <laughs> but yeah and then like literally a couple hours later you could get it on game pass and everybody started downloading it and then like by the next day you were like oh the shit the shit fucks hard <laughs> yes uh, i do want to talk i ask about like how did it land like the um the announcement of it how did it seem to you because when i i saw that the trailer i was kind of rolling my eyes at like the the humor of it um particularly like the week that it was released was the week of the unending forspoken discourse mm -hmm. where everyone pretended that it was the first video game with corny writing um and then to see this trailer drop and everyone was like oh it looks so funny i was like uh it looks the same like why are we treating one of these like it's uh you know like an absolute like artistic travesty and one of it we're okay with uh yeah. and like the, the obvious answer in my head was like one of them stars a black woman and one of them stars stars like this little white twink yeah but we can get into like how it actually is in you know in context but like just your reaction to the trailer like what was your kind of impression of it i rolled my eyes so fucking hard like out <laughs> I, my eyes rolled out of my head at the first line in the trailer because literally yes. it starts and it's chai and he's just like i bet you're asking yourself how did i get here and i'm like yes. you have got to be kidding me and like it looked funny enough like it looked like it was being like trying to be a humorous game that it was like it knew that it was kind of tongue-in-cheek but i was kind of nervous i did i it's hard for games to land comedy well mm -hmm. i like the style and the action so like i was interested enough but i was <laughs> i was not excited by the tone of it honestly yeah no totally i was i was very turned off and it did it did look fun once i got into the gameplay but i was like Ooh, that's that's gonna be a cutscene skipper for me, and it has been. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been I've been skipping most of the cutscenes. Um, <laughs> I will say, once I start, finally started playing it, though, it really isn't 
like in context, it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the it, it's 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 pretty funny. Like it you know it's funny for a video game. I think the reason that it works well is that it is it doesn't have that kind of um, that sort of knowing quality that the trailers seem to imply that it would. Mm-hmm. Where it is just like it's just extremely silly and over the top, but it isn't for the most part trying to skewer it. Like there are some parts where it gets into that that stuff. But for the most part, it's just like it just accepts its tone fully, which I think is the thing you have to do if you're doing like a corny tone. Like you, you just have to roll with it because if you try to like poke holes in it, then it's just like, well, why did you write it that way in the first place? <laughs> like just to make fun of it. But I think in context, it works like the, you know, Chai is like funny as kind of a clueless protagonist. Uh, you eventually you very quickly meet this other character, Peppermint, who is like, you know, way cooler and trying to like take him down a peg and stuff. Uh, and I think the writing generally works like because it embraces its own silliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like warm up to it in a similar way as you started playing? Um, I've warmed up to it enough. It's like fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it is that thing of as as opposed to Forspoken, which doesn't really want to engage with that humor most of the time because the world is not supposed to be humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, like Forspoken is supposed to be a pretty serious game um, in narrative, while this is Hi-Fi Rush mm-hmm. is like trying to be a cartoon, basically. So yeah. that is why its tone works more. I still don't care for it, like honestly. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. It's just whatever. Uh I don't think it's anything special. Yeah. I think it works if you're doing what I'm doing and skipping the cutscenes because that means you only get like the little bits when Peppermint pops up and yells at you and yeah. you don't have to like sit through minutes long, you know, and I'm sequences a big fan. I'm a big fan of any game that lets Erica Lindbeck yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> any game or any situation. Really. Yeah, exactly. I do think it's funny that in some ways she's kind of Futaba-ish again, like in Persona 5. Um Yes. But you don't know about, so whatever. I get that reference. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I. It is that thing of, like, legitimately, uh, one of my biggest problems is I, I just kind of hate Chai, though. <laughs> I wish I was yeah. playing as Peppermint. Yes, I do wish that. I think it works because it's clear that he's a doofus. Like, to the extent that it works, it works because you're not supposed to think he's cool. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, I would much rather just be cool and be Peppermint. <laughs> I will say... Um, like starting off starting the game is really fun because and they use the same song in the trailer but uh throughout the game there's like licensed songs um and the song that it starts off with is the black keys and it's a lonely mm-hmm. boy which it's I, a really good it's, start it's a really really great start so it does just get you in immediately and like i thought that was really really fun mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited to see the other licensed songs but they're mostly just for boss fights yeah. Which this was actually one of the issues I've been having is, you know, obviously all the action has to be on the beat. So outside of boss fights, the music is just like, it's essentially like one track. Yeah. It <laughs> just pretty... loops over and over mm-hmm. and over again. We we talked about this game the other night, like after I had played like the first level and you, you brought that up and I like, you know, I'd only played like 40 minutes or something at that point. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe look at annoying. Um, and I played a little bit later. And then, like, very quickly realized, I was like, oh, it, it really is just kind of looping the same thing. And it, like, it very quickly, like, once I got into the second level, started started really draining on me. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm, at this point, I'm kind of just pushing through the levels to get to the boss fights. Like, I think this game, I, I wish it just had, like, a boss rush mode, so you could just do those and skip the levels. Yeah. Because I don't really, like, as fun as the combat is, it gets a lot less fun when you're fighting kind of, like, waves of the same enemies over and over and over. Because there isn't, like, there's a ton of variety in it, but th- there's something for me where, because 
uh, the most important part is staying on the beat. It just, it feels like you're doing the same thing again and again, uh, just because that's always kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. And also, I think the platforming is is pretty bad in this game. It I don't really think it's is. Like, I don't think it's... I think any game that tried to do something similar would probably have a similar problem, which is like platforming to the beat is not that fun <laughs> because it means you need to spend a lot of time waiting for the like the beat to sync up uh, because like the you know the action like platforms are moving to the beat as well and stuff. So there's a lot of time where you're just like waiting for this platform to come over and it's not going to come over until this certain part of the song and it just gets to be really boring. So definitely like the boss fights are, are like a huge highlight. Uh, they, they are good enough to make up for how boring I'm finding much of the rest of it. it like they're worth seeing on their own. I'm purely motivated by the fact that like, because I, I don't think it's like a spoiler for me at least, but like if you don't want to, I guess it for, for all those tens of people listening, if you don't want to know like the songs that come in boss fights, I guess, I don't know, skip for a little bit. I, I don't know, but um, I like looked up the song list for the boss fights and there's there's a couple ones that I'm like really hyped about and I want to get to specifically. There's a number girl song that they use in a boss fight, which I think will be awesome. So it's like purely motivated on seeing the boss fights, honestly. Yeah, uh, you you turned me on to number girl like the other day and now I'm also excited about it. I went and listened <laughs> to them and they they rule. Uh, very excited for that. There are there are apparently some songs that are not on this list that's like going around everywhere. Yeah, I think some of them are covers of of other artists and those aren't listed or something. Mm -hmm. There's apparently a Fiona Apple song in this game in a boss fight, which I'm very excited for. Uh, I've heard some others mentioned that I didn't see on that list, but I can't remember what they were. But yeah, it, it's, it, it is really wonderful how, how the boss fights find ways to sync up to the music too. Like it's, it's not quite as simple as just you need to attack on the beat. Like there are attack patterns and stuff that uh, of the bosses that go along with that uh, and different kind of like phases of their attacks that, that sync up with different parts of the song. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's really clever. It's, the good parts of it are good enough to keep me hooked through the not so good parts, uh, which is like, you know, in a game like this, that's kind of what I ask for. Like, it's 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 not it's just trying to be a fun game with an interesting hook. And it is really succeeding at that. It's also apparently like pretty short. How mm -hmm. long to beat says it's about 10 hours. Um, so it's not like too much of an intensive game to get through, which I appreciate. Yeah. So aside from like the, you know, the content of the game, the combat and all that, uh, one of the most interesting things is like, like you mentioned, it was not announced before, uh, like the day it came out. Like it's not something that I'd heard of. It's not something that I'd even heard leaked, which is getting rarer, but it was announced at the showcase and then it was out a couple hours later. Uh, and I think that's been a really interesting feature of something that informs the reception of it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think one of the reasons it has been so popular is that is such a rare thing. Like to have a game that's released like this that doesn't have a giant marketing cycle, you're not tired of hearing about it by the time it comes out. Uh, so it's like everything that you discover in the game as you're playing is like fresh and it, it just feels, I don't know, so invigorating to have something just appear out of nowhere and be uh, as as surprising and fun as it is. I do think part of the positive reception is because of that. Uh, it, not to say that the game doesn't deserve the praise that it's getting, but I do think that if it had been released the way that most games are, which is having months, if not years, of hype build up beforehand and discussion of whether it's going to live up to that or, or any of this stuff, I think it would be I just, you know, I think the hype would be toned down a little bit. As a gamer, I am delighted by Hi-Fi Rush. As a critic... <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate the shadow <laughs> drop. I think it's great to kind of get out of the hype cycle because 
like we were talking about, I think hype kills a lot of games just by the nature mm-hmm. of how long games are in gestation and how it's like, okay, you see a little bit of a trailer and then you have to wait a few months, see something else. And in that time, expectations are built so much and you can be so disappointed if you see things changing. Whereas you didn't, for Hi-Fi Rush, there's no expectation. It's just, here's a new game that you can play, make of it what you will. And there's no preconceived ideas. But it also does mean that overnight, suddenly everybody's like, oh, this is the best game ever. This is going to be like a goatee contender, which in January is just so early to say, I guess, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. As like someone who does like critical reviews of games and stuff. And I mean that as a critic, not as I hate games. (laughs) Well, you do both. (laughs) I do both. But it's like the cycle, it's the like hype is built into basically one night. So there's no Mm -hmm. chance to have any other opinion, really. Yeah. I mean, having the time to grapple with what a game is is very important. And I think particularly for people who are like writing reviews of this game now, it's like there's no time to sit with it, uh, which I think is like how, you know, you form interesting opinions about things is like taking the time to like go through them, like, uh, and you know, really consider them. Whereas now everyone's kind of rushing to get coverage of this out which kind of means uh you know you you don't have time to develop those opinions it's very much like off the cuff thinking about the game which isn't necessarily a bad thing like i think there's particularly in a game like this that isn't trying to do anything particularly deep like i I think that's you know your gut instinct to how it feels to play this game is going to make up the the bulk of any criticism that's written about it Mm -hmm. but yeah it it is a very different i think process to talk about a game like this that, that hasn't had uh, expectations and developers haven't been out there talking about what they were going for and giving broader context for what they wanted the game to achieve. Uh, it's 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 examining the object instead of you know what it means in the context of games, which mm-hmm. I don't think is inherently a bad thing, but it is it's just very different. Yeah, and like I do still like Hi-Fi Rush. I'm happy it exists. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of not having to have so such long hype cycles because I do think that it hurts more games than it helps. But it's like there is other things to consider, at least for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that hype cycle cuts both ways, too, because mm-hmm. like you said, a lot of it, it's like you see things that were supposed to be in the game and they, they aren't there in the final product or the developers say something stupid during a, you know, a press tour and that that ends up being like the focus of coverage. So it can really ruin games. But it also there can be this kind of like uh, this sort of compulsory enjoyment of games as well, where if it has a long enough hype cycle and people do get built up. It's 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 becomes one of those games that's good by default, uh, and I think that's like both of those things are you know tricky. I think the the compulsory hype part of it is like more damaging, uh, and and this has managed to avoid that. But it has its own its own different thing because now everyone, like you said, everyone is talking about this at a time. So to be the like the one who's like, oh, it's not as good as everyone's saying is like it feels contrarian, even if it is what you actually believe. <laughs> Uh, just because the you're so drowned out by people like celebrating it's like that this is just like a great and amazing thing um and i think there's valid points both ways you know what i mean like i think there's a lot of things to like about it i think there's a lot of things to dislike about it but it's just the like the volume of discussions about it make nuance <laughs> more difficult yeah i was like um i was because there's been a lot of discussion now about like oh should more games you know do this kind of thing and i was trying to think about like the last mm-hmm. game that comes to mind that did like a shadow drop and the one that i've seen most people talking about is apex legends Mm -hmm. um which also did this where they just (laughs) suddenly dropped a battle royale um and a one that is still honestly probably the best one yeah but it's just wild it's also it's also something that like obviously only companies like microsoft or ea or 
a Sony could get away with, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Tango Gameworks is owned by Bethesda, and it has the backing of Microsoft. Obviously, it's a Game Pass day one release that was announced at a Microsoft conference. Like, this is... It has the backing of Microsoft already, and then also it already has a built-in audience because it goes mm -hmm. on Game Pass, so subscribers can just play it. Yeah, and a built-in audience because Tango Gameworks is a big name, mm -hmm. uh, and like anything that's made by Bethesda is going to get pushed. So it's it's a strategy that worked extremely well for this game, but it only only works for this kind of game. Like you have to have a sort of uh, a lot of sort of institutional backing for this to be even remotely a, a viable strategy it's like um, a game that i think about a lot because i there's a game that i think has the possibility to be a shadow drop game <laughs> this is my <laughs> okay. this is my crazy theory i think like hollow knight silksong is a game that they could like show a trailer for at a press at a, like a conference or something and then they could just be like by the way it's out now and yeah. everybody would lose their fucking mind which is true like absolutely i would lose my fucking mind absolutely yeah um i mean that's a, i think that's a very different case though just because we have already seen so much of it and like it's a sequel that we know is coming um it's it's sort of a, a you know minor shadow drop compared to just like you didn't know this thing exists and you can play it right now um but it also i mean it speaks to the same thing where the reason that, that would work so well is because of the hype from the first game you know um i do think one of one of the things that is honestly so off-putting about this game though to me was just thinking about its story in context of like the meta narrative of what this game is because mm -hmm. the whole like point of the game is that chai basically is trying to like take down this like tech company that doesn't like treat its workers well and stuff and there's like a lot of references to like crunch and shit yeah and i'm like so so chill that this game was shadow dropped the same week that microsoft was like by the way guys we're laying off 10,000 employees including people at bethesda yeah yeah it feels in some way like it, it feels very knowing in that way like it, it feels like it was developed with the knowledge that this is like a microsoft backed product and it's sort of like poking at it's itself or like at least the people who own like the, the property you know mm -hmm. which is like a, a fun thing to do but when it does happen the same week as this like really devastating round of layoffs it goes from being funny to being really really grim mm -hmm. which yeah i don't know what to make i mean obviously it's like not a thing that you can hold against the game uh but it is obviously something you can hold against Microsoft. Uh, not not the tone of the game so much, but the layoffs. Um, it's yeah, it's a tricky thing to do because uh, obviously, like the people who are developing the game have nothing to do with that, and like it's not their fault. But it does end up seeming kind of glib uh, about something that is like very serious for everyone who, who's been affected by it. So I think one of the really cool things about Hi-Fi Rush is that like. <sighs> This is this is not as much the case anymore, but it used to be that like rhythm games were a pretty rigid genre. You know, we had things like the sort of rock band style, the, the hit the note uh, on the timeline okay. style of rhythm games. And of course, there's been things like Rhythm Heaven for, for much longer than that. But I, I think there are a lot of interesting rhythm games like Hi-Fi Rush that take the concept of of moving to the beat, which I think is inherently a thing that is like a very hooky gameplay premise. Like it, it just it syncs up like your your body with the beat of the music uh, and i think that's always going to get people really you know engaged in the action but it's it's not the first game that's done that like this uh last year we saw metal hellsinger which was very uh very successful like mm -hmm. an interesting idea to make it an fps that has a rhythm element where you have to time your shots to the music i haven't actually gotten a chance to play it yet it looks really cool metal isn't really my thing which i think is kind of why i've been uh dragging my feet on actually playing it yeah i haven't either 
Is it? Some, I mean, does it look interesting to you? Is it something you think you'll play? Honestly, no. <laughs> I'm not a big. I'm not a big FPS person, and I'm not a big metal person. So. Yeah, that's a tough combo. Yeah. I'm not really either. But this, it's an interesting enough idea that I do want to try it just to kind of see how it how it's implemented but there are other games that have done this um there's a game that i've been meaning to play called soundfall which is a you know kind of like top-down action game that does a similar thing uh but the ones that i have played are uh crypt of the necrodancer and then the crypt of the necrodancer like legend of zelda spinoff yeah have you played either of those games i played crypt of the necrodancer what did you how, was, how do you feel about it i like it a lot i think it's really really fun i enjoy i mean it's it's similar to high fi rush obviously where it's there's something really fun about having to time things on the beat mm-hmm. i it just makes like this roguelike genre have a little bit of something different that i really enjoyed yeah for sure in some ways i think it it works better than high fi rush just in that like the, the way that it implements the music where you have um like it's another kind of like top down game where you you're meant to move to the rhythm of music you move kind of one square at a time it's basically on a grid and when you run into an enemy you damage them but if if they are sort of moving toward you at the same time you're also damaged Uh, and the different enemies will move on different beats so you might have an enemy that waits for three beats and then moves you might have one that like goes you know up right or some you know some other pattern to the beat so there's a lot of like getting to really feel the music and see how other things in the world are reacting to it uh, and using that to kind of strategize about uh planning you know several moves ahead so you're you're at the right spot on the right beat i think there's just something really interesting about that strategic layer whereas with hi-fi rush it is so much about like the kind of action essentials of like dodging and attacking that i found it kind of like overwhelming at times like i found myself like holding my breath because i was really trying to tune into the music which is is something that sort of happens to me when i play cadence of hyrule or crypt of the necrodancer uh there's something about like having to pay that much attention to the beat that makes me really like hone in uh and that can either be really exhausting or really exciting depending on like how the battles are going i guess so kind of like on this idea and we'll like get on to some other games but there's this it makes me think of this really good article from tech radar from uh diego uh arcuela i don't know how to pronounce his last name but uh, it's basically about rhythm games like modern rhythm games and how they incorporate rhythm into other genres um and like making the case for putting rhythm as a mechanic in other like types of video games Mm -hmm. and like obviously he also mentions crypto the necrodancer but i think it's a really interesting idea how we're like you can use it to break away from just the typical like guitar hero like we're talking about yeah yeah i mean it's it's interesting that it's a type of mechanic that feels like it could work in so many different genres. And it is something that is so, I don't know, so natural and, and taps into something that is like physiological, you know, the idea of, of keeping beat and moving to a rhythm is like the thing that makes like dancing fun. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a very, it's a thing that sort of extends beyond video games and, and gets you like to really feel, I don't know, invested in the action in a in a more kind of physical way, you know? There's something um, wild about, like, playing Hi-Fi Rush or Crypt of the Necrodancer where it's, like, it's so interesting to be, like, tapping your foot or, like, bobbing <laughs> your head along as you play a game because you're like, I need to keep on the beat and be with the music. It's, it's, really, it's really enjoyable. And it's very, like, it's, it feels like a whole body kind of, like, task. Yeah, yeah, I did find myself just like dancing, on, like as I was sitting on my couch playing this game, uh, in, in a really fun way. 
this this article also uh, briefly mentions Beat Hazard, which is a, a an older game. It's it's got to be more than a decade old at this point. But it was essentially like an, a kind of asteroids style like space shooter where you could sync it up to music that you just like had on your hard drive, and it would sync up like the waves of enemies to that music. I don't think it was a thing where you had to like time your shots to it, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but it's just like that's just a different way of implementing like kind of this similar thing. Uh, a similar concept uh, i think it's just like it just shows how much room there is to experiment with it like it doesn't have to be just like tap the button to the rhythm uh there's there's other ways of implementing rhythm in, into games that i think uh i'm games like this make me interested uh to see how developers are going to continue playing with us mm-hmm. i mean there's also of course sayonara wild hearts your beloved game yeah my beloved game which is like i think not for the most part like a great rhythm game because you don't really need to move to the rhythm yeah at it's not all really about moving it. to the rhythm but it's a musical game yeah uh, it's a musical game it is um a very colorful and like stylish kind of like it has this like synth pop soundtrack that's really wonderful the intro and, and like the kind of ending are narrated by queen latifah which is wild <laughs> and very fun um it's it's a great game that like every every level is basically like a track on an album uh and when you get to like the end of kind of a set of levels like you're fighting a boss is when the kind of like most interesting songs come in like have vocals and stuff and it only takes like well once you beat the game it unlocks what's called album mode uh and that will only take you like 40 minutes or so to play and what that does is just like play all of the levels back to back uh, and that's something that I do. I think I've mentioned this before, but I do that like once per year at least is just sit down and play it uh, just because it's such like a joyful experience to just like lock into it for that like extended period of time. I think I mentioned also last time I talked about this, that there was one particular level that I think is one of my favorite levels in any video game. Uh, and I didn't really go into what it was. I think I was planning on talking about it the next week and then forgot, obviously. <laughs> but since we're talking about rhythm games now, I'm going to make you listen to me talk about it um so it's it's toward the back half of the game there is like the boss for this set of levels is are are like twins so there are kind of two bosses that that are sort of following you through this level Uh, and the way the whole game works is you are like there's like a track in front of you that you are automatically following and there's sort of like usually like three lanes that you can be in that have little items just to pick up to like you know get a higher score or whatever and the way this level works is there are obstacles in the way that you just need to like move to the other side to avoid uh but because there's like the concept is like these two twins there are two separate levels that it switches between so on one track you might have a an obstacle on the right so you need to dodge to the left and on the other track at the same time there's an obstacle on the left so you would need to dodge to the right but you're not seeing both those at the same time it's switching between them on the beat so you need to like anticipate where you're you are going to be uh and where the which level is going to be displayed at any given time and you're often like dodging into obstacles knowing that they are about to be to disappear and be replaced with the the alternate track and it's just such it reminds me of Crypto the Necrodancer in that way where it's it's not just about moving to the beat, it's about understanding the rhythm and about understanding the pattern of how the world is going to react to that rhythm. Uh, and it's just one of those things that like to pull it off just feels it just makes you feel so fucking cool. Like I think that's something that rhythm games do really well, is it just when you are able to sync up in that way, you just you feel I don't know, like you're you're doing something really like impressive and, and fun. Uh, and I just I love that level so much I think about it all the time there's lots of other great levels but that's the one that really is like it's such an imaginative use of this this 
like very unique form that the game has one of the things that i also this is kind of like a jokey uh comment on this topic also one of the things i think about um with like rhythm games and other weird genres is um all those weird challenge runs where people beat like souls games with ddr pads (laughs) yes (laughs) did you ever play ddr you ddr i had a friend in high school who was very into ddr and so sometimes we would like go to our kids and he would like absolutely crush me at ddr (laughs) We, I mean, actually, I had another group of friends who like had like the dance pads you had at home and stuff, and we would play a lot. It was a, it was really fun. Like I, I always really enjoyed it. I didn't get like super into it in the way that some people did. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably more into Guitar Hero and DJ Hero, which is a game that I think people tend to forget <laughs> when they yeah. think of these rhythm games. Uh, but I think it rules. Uh, that was a game that I really did love. But I, I've heard tell that you you were a big DDR player. I, here's the point. thing. I don't know what Zoe is talking about <laughs> because she was like, oh, because we, we were talking and she told you, she's like, oh, Will loves DDR and so good at DDR. And I was like, yeah, I do like DDR, but it's not like I owned the game or like went out to arcades a ton to play it. It must be that we just like went to an arcade once or twice and I did just like stay on the DDR machine because I do mm-hmm. like DDR a lot. And I do. Yeah. I think it's just I. I generally just love dancing, so I just very much enjoy DDR. So I don't know. I don't know what her perception of me and DDR is uh, and how it came about. Okay, I thought I was talking to a DDR master, but apparently I wish. A, a scrub like me. No, I do. I agree though. It's like it's very fun. Like it's it's just like it's active. It's interesting. It's it, it rules. Um, how about the other like the you know rock band guitar hero style ones were those ever your jam yeah i mean i loved rock band uh yeah those are always really fun um or like the best part about rock band was when you like did have a bunch of friends and like the drum kit and the like two guitars and mm-hmm. or if you actually had the like microphone and you had, yes <laughs> and you would do that thing where like obviously the game couldn't tell if you're actually singing right so you just had to have like the right pitch or something mm-hmm. so you could just sing it by just going like ah <laughs> yeah and it would just be like perfect score actually try to sing yeah i do remember um that like in in my friend group it was always that under pressure was like the hardest song to get right when you sung it yeah it's i mean that's yes it's so hard to get those notes Uh, I do have a memory of like of maybe like five years ago or something I was at a New Year's Eve party where there was a lot of like people that didn't really know each other there were lots of like kind of small groups of people like one person was friends with the host and they brought some other friends who didn't know anyone else there and that was kind of the the same for everybody who the host invited so it was just lots of people like kind of mingling in their own groups for the most part Uh, and then at one point they we all started playing rock band and slowly everyone just like coalesced in the living room Uh, and it was just like this band made up of like you know a person from every little individual group and like that was the thing that finally like united the party and then it became like much more fun because everyone was just hanging out together from that point on yeah and it just yeah i don't know it's just it's so much fun to have something like that that is like uh, a social activity and like a a thing that is even if you're not a person who plays games like you can get <laughs> and just like really really dive into it's just it's i don't know it's it's fun to like play fake music with your friends (laughs) yeah it gives me the illusion that i can actually try to play an instrument exactly which is what i want i've failed at many times i've tried to like learn three instruments terrible at all of them what are your three that you failed at clarinet piano and guitar okay i tried to play a guitar i tried to play the drums and i tried to play not really piano but like a keyboard you know essentially I'm just not yeah, musically and, and talented. And none of them stuck at all. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I play video games. I don't yeah. have any talent. Exactly. 
I'm good at pushing buttons. Just since we're on the subject of rhythm games, this is one that I've I've mentioned before briefly, uh, but a game that came out late last year uh, that I really enjoyed was a game called Melatonin that I haven't seen a ton of buzz for, um, but everything I've heard people saying about it is positive, which I think is a good sign. And it is just one of those kind of like rhythm heaven style rhythm games where uh, you're sort of syncing up the button presses to animations that are going on on the screen. Uh, but it just has like a really kind of dreamy vibe. Uh, and like Sayonara Wild Hearts, it has a, a somewhat similar thing where at the very end of the game, it plays sort of a medley of every level. So it's like a few seconds of each of each little bit. So I just wanted to very quickly shout that out again. I think it's a, another really good example of like a sort of more traditional rhythm game that still is doing like some interesting new things on its own. Uh, and I think it's it's well worth playing. But with that, I think that brings us to the end of of the rhythm game episode. So with that in mind, Willa, what else have you been up to this week? Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm deciding to like keep it musical themed. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've been like listening to a lot lately this week and really enjoying is this K-pop girl group called New Jeans. Mm-hmm. They have a song that came out earlier this month called OMG, which is really, really good. Um, they also have a song Ditto that came out late December last year. Uh, their music is like really awesome. Uh, you should look up the video for OMG. It's some really cool choreography. Uh, it's big on TikTok, so the kids love it. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I really love K-pop, um, girl groups specifically and like new jeans, they just debuted last year. Um, so this is like their latest music. It's very, very good. It's great for just vibing. Uh, so I highly suggest people listen to it, but what about you? Uh, yeah, that, that does sound really good. Um, so it's, I guess to keep the musical theme running, as I mentioned, I hadn't heard of number girl before, uh, we were talking about this game, uh, but I've been listening to them, uh, since since I heard about them and they're very good. I love them. Uh, and, uh, earlier today I found a video that is, uh, so the band broke up like, you know, years ago. Yeah. Uh, and there's a video of the last song from their last live performance. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know, just a really, it's an interesting thing to see that, um, that kind of emotion like come through in a video like this, that is then like, it starts with one of the band members just like kind of you know, speaking about that and then goes into this like very high energy song. Uh, and it's just like a really cool little time capsule of a really great band that broke up and like still kind of lives on, which actually reminds me in that spirit. Uh, I, I should shout out another one of my favorite bands, uh, life without buildings, which is a band that like released one album that it, I think is perfect and then got pretty popular and went on tour with like the strokes I want to say, and then decided that they didn't like, being you know a a popular touring band and so they broke up before it got like less interesting (laughs) which i think is just like a really cool move just release (laughs) a perfect album and then fade into history uh great idea highly recommended so yeah i think that's i think that's where i'll leave it for this week uh go listen to life without buildings go listen to number girl yeah rule go listen to number girl go listen to new jeans and new jeans yes Okay, well, that'll be it for us. You can listen to Girl Mode everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on socials on Twitter at girlmode underscore pod and on co-host at girlmode-pod. I'm on Twitter and co-host at the Willow And I'm on Twitter and co-host at Robin Bombas. See you later. Uh, rock on. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
was thinking of saying something like that, and I was like, no, Willow will make fun of me if I do that. Perfect. Well, I'll just embarrass myself. Good.